0: There, there was a time where, where I had to make uh, hard decisions and mm. one of the decisions was to lay off staff because it was no longer
1: attainable. Uh, to Union financial crisis, right? Yeah, there. financial uh, crisis way yeah.
0: back in 2012. Yeah. So that was basically, uh, you know, an, a, a, an an unpopular decision. But yeah. at the end of the day, you just have to do what is important. Yeah. Uh, that w- Unpopular at that time, but long you know it creates longevity for the business you just have to take a deep moment and knowing that you've done the right decision and you you can't you can't go back to that decision and I think having a decisive moment and knowing that you make that decision
1: Thank you for your time and in joining me in this podcast. Who is Jasil um, Kahes? Kahes, right? Pronunciation.
0: Tena and tena to all your uh, listeners and viewers, and really appreciate your time. Nāmihinoi uh, for having me. Uh, it's an honour and privilege. Uh, yes, my name is Gisile Kahes. I was born in the Philippines in the province of Buhol. And for those who don't know where it is, it's in the central part of the Philippines. And the uh, uh, Philippines has many islands. It's one of those tiny islands. So I grew up in a very a small village in a farm uh, from a farming family. And then I uh, studied there in uh, in my primary years as well as in my high school years, so I grew up as a farm, farm girl. And then in university uh, years, I went to another uh, city uh, in Leyte, which is another island, but a bit bigger than Buhol. I finished my uh, uh, teaching degree uh, in Visayas State University, and then... Um, yeah, I uh, moved to New Zealand. Yes, that was my first degree, and um, I ended up uh, teaching for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I entered into a uh, military profession for three years. I was in the army, and then went back into teaching, and then I came to New Zealand.
1: And then from Bohol, so what what made you move to New Zealand? I mean, what what's your deciding factor that? Oops, I want to move to New
0: Zealand. It was just a... Uh, the deciding factor really was not moving. I came here as a visitor when I was still in the military. Uh, you know, the Angkor Milk advertising.
1: Ah, oh, right, right, the right.
0: beautiful uh, <laughs> green pasture with milk and mountain and that cow and that pregnant woman drinking that milk. And I said, I want to go to that place and that place is New Zealand. So... I visited New Zealand in 2008, and I said I want. I wanted. So when I arrived here, I was mesmerized, and I fell in love uh, to the place. It sounds so cliche, but it's really true. I fell in love to the place. And I investigated that I wanted to live here. And one of the ways that you can live and work uh, in New Zealand is by becoming a teacher. And at that time, uh, one of the uh, Skills that they needed was teaching. So when I went back to the Philippines, uh, I uh, started the process of becoming uh, a teacher in, the Philippi- uh, in New Zealand. So after a year and a half, I came back here in 2010. So I came here as a teacher. I work as a teacher. I became a resident, and that's how the journey started.
1: So first, landing mo suburb or anong city?
0: I landed in Gisborne. I had my first job in Gisborne in Rāfiti. I I stayed there for seven years. So I had my first job in Gisborne. I worked there as a teacher. Uh, after a year, I was promoted as a school principal and leading that uh, school. And um, I stayed there for another, yeah, again, yeah seven years altogether. Cool. So that was a bit of a journey. Yeah. Very young at that t- time. Uh, i you know, are yeah. still young. I mean, <laughs> in I'm my early young tw- at heart. Yeah, <laughs> in my early 20s. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think uh, the north and the south, but not mm-hmm. all towns in New Zealand. Yeah,
1: You're born a city, city mismo?
0: There are many benefits in living in rural and city. Uh, I think when it comes to Uh, opportunities. Wellington City has so much to offer but when it comes to I think intimacy of building communities and relationships, town is you know much more easy to build that connections. When I was there in 2010 uh, there was not even a Philippine organization and then uh, in 2014 we established uh, I was the founding president of the first Filipino organization there, and we call it Tairafiti Filipino Organization, TFSI, and that was in 2014. the The nature of Filipino uh, communities in Gisborne, uh, there are like permanent ones, the ones that settled there, or especially those ones that married uh, interracial King. married. Yeah. But for these young ones, uh, especially nurses or teachers mm. or those work uh, those who work in healthcare industries, they may stay there for a bit a year or like two just transitional uh, and then they move to bigger cities. Well, I think uh, the challenge is basically the numbers, mm. but um, in terms of managing the group mm. uh, and also uh, representing uh, the group I- in the external organization like Filipino community uh, bringing your culture yeah. outside community then that would be hard if you don't have a lot of uh, mm. members yeah. but I think if you have core group yeah. people, Kere, Kere, Sorry. Um, yeah. that are dedicated yeah. really, mm-hmm. you don't really need a lot of numbers, you just need yeah. committed members so I think the success of leading a group it's not about the numbers alone although numbers numbers is important, is important right but the success of a thriving organization is actually commitment yeah from members at that time over 100 oh mm.
1: not bad
0: well yeah. i think every every part of moving life, life there's mm. always a challenge yeah. but I think i'll just speak one i think uh, under leadership challenge Mm. when i was leading the school i think one of making hard decisions you know when you know when you face with um there there was a time where where i had to make uh, hard decisions and Mm. one of the decisions was to lay off staff because Mm. it, it was no longer you financial
1: crisis right yeah financial yeah. crisis way yeah. back
0: in 2012 yeah. where uh the government had to cut the funding for for uh education so that was basically uh you know an uh, a, an, an unpopular decision but yeah at the end of the day you just have to do what is important yeah uh, that what you know unpopular at that time but long you know it creates longevity for yeah. the business
1: mm. how did you manage sorry I you have to go pero this is this is what it is I, I mean I'm...
0: well you just have to you just have to take a deep moment and knowing mm. that you've done the right decision and you you can't you can't go back to that decision and I think mm. having a decisive moment and knowing that you make that decision it's yes. Enough. And, like, just really remembering that you did the right decision, that had you not made a decision, you are going to sink the whole boat, you know. It was hard for uh, people that were affected. Now they are okay. Now oh, they, yeah, that's they're good to hear. And then um, after six years or seven years, I revisited the place. I went mm. back to to Gisborne, and we have um, restored our relationship, so probably they understood now at that time right. they didn't mm. so it's not it's never personal you know when 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 you make decisions like that mm. there will always be emotional outbursts right. but you just have to make the decision that will have the least impact and also the right trust and the trust board and the board right. member it was mm. a decision that i didn't it was not a decision that I didn't take alone. It was a decision that was decided by uh, the board members and the trustees, mm. and including myself. But yes, it wasn't yeah. easy, of course, at yeah. that time. And, of yeah. course, you can't predict what the future will be. Mm. But you just have to hold on to it and yes. making a decision that is decisive. And mm. you just have to make that decision there. yeah. Because when you're a leader, you just have to make that hard mm was the deciding factor that i changed career was mm. um my role uh, it, of course it was 7 years it was quite a long time mm. and i said i'm still really young you know it's not too late
1: mm.
0: of course age should not be a deciding factor yeah. Yeah. um you can be anything anyone you want to be mm. regardless of your age yeah. all right but at that time i was thinking okay um one of, the, one of my responsibilities is to um, give life to regulations mm-hmm. into policies. Yeah, yeah. And what, that, what do these policies look like into action mm-hmm. will become procedure, procedures. And some of these regulations are not really fit for a purpose. And that's just my criticism of that. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that maybe we can do better. Right. I really wanted to implement something better. I really want maybe we can do better policies, maybe we can do better regulations. So I was thinking that I will come to Wellington and make better progress or better changes. So I decided to study law. And then when I studied law, I realized with my big disappointment that being a lawyer will not give you that because as a lawyer, your role is to advocate and to interpret the law. You don't change the law because it's the job of members of
1: parliament. Parliament, so it's not uh-huh. the,
0: it's not your job to change the law. Lawyers are only there to interpret and to and to advocate for for, for clients. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure. mo yung justice delayed, justice denied thing. Is it similar here? Like justice delayed? It, it might be a different terminology. Yes, I know similar. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yes, basically, it's the mm. same, it's kind of like a universal, equitable principle, yeah. like a yeah. justice denied is justice, a justice denied is justice denied, you know, and yeah, th- those are the same, like, legal principles, really. Or, Across, globally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, those are universal, universally accepted, but the system in the Philippines is quite different here, that we have in New Zealand, um, yeah, so... It's it's quite different, but anyway, uh, I started law. I uh, gave up everything in Gisborne, You know, sold my house, like left my comfort zone, the family that I built there, like family meaning connections and the community that I truly loved, and um, organisations, and of course that that fanangatanga um, that uh, you know I just love. Gisborne, you know, it's it's yeah. my it's my kind of like my second home, and um, moved to uh, Wellington and uh, finished my law degree, and um, I finished and I I got admitted to the bar um, in uh, early twenty twenty, and um, I started working as a public lawyer, specializing in treaty. Law. Right. So treaty, white. So you have
1: to learn all, all the, all, all about the treaty. I yeah, that, the... that's
0: part of of what I specialized. Mm. Apart from other public areas. Mm.
1: But you can still practice at other areas. Yes. Like
0: I think the way lawyers do here, it's quite like you you can practice as a generalist lawyer, but some lawyers will just specialize in few areas of law. Say, for example, for me, I can practice as a treaty lawyer because it's one of my specialty specialty now. Mm. Or I'm now working as a family lawyer, so basically that's one of the areas I'm passionate about. If I change to other areas of law, I can also do that. So you you can can. evolve. You're not restricted to one area of law. You can Mm. just evolve to any areas as long as you have experience.
1: And you don't have to... Go to a school again no, for special. You don't have to because
0: no. when you studied law, you are learning all the foundations mm-hmm. and the, the law keeps changing all the time, and mm-hmm. you learn it on the job anyway. So the yeah. And then, um, what is really important for lawyers is the skills the skills of, you know, it's the same thing drafting, pleading, arguing, cross examinations. So, there are many, you know, in New Zealand, there are many, there, there are many, uh, there are two differences. Of lawyers, there's what we call solicitors and barristers. We don't call our lawyers here attorney. In in the Philippines, we call call them attorney. Mm. Yeah, so attorney is, normally we call them, you know, in the Philippines, we address lawyers as attorney. In New Zealand, we don't call them attorney. Uh, Their title would be barristers and solicitors or solicitor or barrister. So the difference between the two is, you can be both barrister and solicitor, but a solicitor is someone Say for example, a, a solicitor is someone who does like paperwork. Say for right. example, if you see a lawyer who, uh, who like mostly transa- transactional,
1: transactional work, mm.
0: like I wanna buy a house, right? So they do paperwork. I wanna do wills, they do paperwork. But barristers are those people that appear in court. All right, so they're the ones that advocate for you in court, they appear in court. So uh, those are the barristers. Yes, oh. we do we do a lot of appearances. But some lawyers don't do a lot of appearances. So a lot of... Yeah. So in my line of work as family lawyers, we are barristers and solicitors because we do paperwork. You know, we do wills, injuring powers of attorney. We go mediation. We do lots of paperwork. But at the same time, we do a lot of hearings as well for our clients. And if you go to... Uh, if you're a treaty lawyer you go to uh, Waitangi Tribunal. Waitangi, yeah. That's the name of mm. their court. Because mm. there are many courts in New Zealand. There's many, many specialist courts. Right. For treaty matters, you don't go to family court. You go to mm. Waitangi Tribunal Court. Yeah. Mm. Is mm. it
1: something that Filipino...
0: For uh, pointing out that issue, and that is really a big issue for us as family lawyer? because up and culture in New Zealand is very individualistic. Achaka, yung culture natin, especially Southeast Asia, we're very collective culture. Yeah. And uh, you're so right, Lloyd. That's mo doon na, uh, you know, m- the emphasis here is in a nutshell and in a simple word. Um, just because he or she is your wife, it does not entitle her automatically na ma- masa- yung arian mo, or just because uh, anak, ana, or like. New, it does not entitle them to be the legal guardians of your children you need to have that legal document to to prove that they are the authorized guardians of your kids so one example let's talk about first your will so a will is a legal document uh, that is your plan right mm-hmm. so if your asset is over fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars if your asset is over fifteen thousand dollars you must have a will because if you don't have a will, then it's very complicated. And we can have another topic for that. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm. And and the will also states kung sino ang magiging guardian ng mga anak ninyo. Pag wala kayong guardian na nakalagay doon sa mga anak ninyo, then uh, the family, then then the, that means na um, kung sino yung may iwan, they will have to apply through family court. And when you say court, it involves lawyers and judges. And when you say lawyers and judges, then it involves a lot of money. And it takes time. And takes time, mm. costly, effective, I- I- inefficient, and very uh, very time-consuming, really. So that's why it's good to make a plan. And the will is really cheap. It doesn't cost a lot of money. But if you go to court, it takes time. And probably you are at minimum 2000 to 5000 $10,000, mm. it depends. At syaka, scrutinize pa yan ng court, whether or not, kung sino yung nag na guardian na anak ninyo, whether or not they are capable or they are the right people. It may not be na kung sino yung gusto ninyo, sila ba yung appoint ng court. It could not be, it, the court may decide, you're not suitable, but sit, you know what I mean. Mm. So, there are a lot of advantages to make sure na your property is in order, Also, your kids are are well looked after. So if you have children under 16 years old they are child under law under required guardians in New Zealand.
1: So,
0: so okay. there there will be you know temporarily maybe there will be someone close to you where I'm hoping na uh, on somebody close to you in New Zealand na apply na oh, o yung guardian na will apply sa court.
1: Not necessarily friends or
0: It could be friends, it could be someone otherwise um, it could be the state that will determine kung saan sila. So they will become state ward or pag-aari ng state. Right. Hmm. So we're hoping that someone will step up and say, I want to be the guardian. Pag wala din Oranga Tamariki, mi step, mi step in. And then the Oranga Tamariki will find a po- foster parents. And that takes a long time. So pag walang guardian yung bata, sino decision for their medical um, right. consent? Yeah. Sino the mm. decision for their schooling? Mm. So all of that thing you need to really think about these things sa mga anak ninyo. Yes, because they are guardians.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Of course, because okay.
0: they are guardians. Pag nakastipulate so sila sa will, they can take the children with them back to the Philippines.
1: Right. Because
0: they have the, a guardian will make decision kung kung saan kung saan magpupunta kung saan mag- maka- makatira yung anak, kung anong mm. religion ng anak, kung saan ma kung saan right. sila titira technically kung, parents Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: but not necessarily the day-to-day care. Depending kung may mm-hmm. nakasaad on kung day-to-day care, so they will mm-hmm. make decision kung sa kung kung sila mag-school kung ano religion nila, you know, you know what I mean. All yeah. those and basically kung ano maging decisions ninyo as parents. Parang same din, right? So community, law, I'm also a volunteer there, but we, we don't do wills, so we can't draw, draw your will. So you really have to say somebody to do, to do your will.
1: And it's different from me writing uh, my will on a piece of paper and no, uh, no. It, you, can, you
0: can do it, but of course, ang will kasi it's a very technical document, right? And as a lawyer, and then as a, as a lawyer who encounters a lot of challenges, the so will kasi yung will natin mucha challenge, Just because it it can be challenged, okay? So your will can be challenged, and it's sa mga ano, litigations natin is yung, yung mga family na, na nag-challenge ng will. Kasi nga po, one, sometimes yung will hindi valid, kasi nga po, yung, yung nag-witness fam, family members lang. Kasi a will is not only a technical document, it's also a legal document. So it's important na kung ang asset ninyo is over $100,000, you only have to pay between three $300 to $500. Why don't you just invest it? it? The value of that document is so important that it will save a lot of heartaches and and time for, for your family, you know? Right. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. so, so, parang, parang lang like yan ng travel insurance, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, or life insurance, right? Mm-hmm. But but the difference is, it is certain that death will come.
1: Yes, it yeah. is certain mm-hmm. that
0: lahat ng pinag, pin, lahat ng kayamanan mo, at the end of the day, you want to be sure, na number one, na napulido siya, napagagawa.
1: Yeah. And makunta sa right people na gusto. Yeah,
0: mo. Or, yeah. or like, you you obtain legal advice mm-hmm. na okay, bago mo ito ginawa, you know that alam mo yung risks na tinahak mo or kung ano man yung mga risks na address mo doon.
1: Right. Hmm.
0: Kasi yeah. yung mga lawyers, they can show you the whole. We can show you, ito yung whole sa mga decisions mo and it's up to you whether you will take our advice. Right.
1: Or palitan or...
0: Or palitan or, or you know, it, we can show yeah. you the options how to avoid the hole, but at the end of the day, it's still your decisions. We can't make you do what we want, but you, we can show you the options, right? Okay. So so that's why people will always say, oh, will lang yan, it's a document. But the value of it, you know, the value of the document gives you or provides peace of mind. Because lahat ng ari-arian mo, every day you go to work, you're a yeah. okay saver. Yeah. Everything in it, your estate, life insurance, all of it, Encompasses or comprises your state, right? So it's important to do it properly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. No, yeah. Culture, Culture
1: connection. connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I... weird, no? what happened? weird, What happened?
0: So, I started as a guest there, Lloyd. I was invited to talk about the Filipino community mm. and also because I was an executive member of the HAT Multicultural Council. So the Saturday host said, Giselle, can you come and be our guest's uh, Saturday Saturday program uh, to talk about Hat Multicultural Council? We want to know what's happening in the multicultural community. So I went there and the station manager was there listening to the interview. After the interview, the station manager said, oh, do you want to have a show in the station? I said, no, because I never had experience of broadcasting here in New Zealand, you know, on a radio So after a month, the station manager rang me again, and I said, anyway, you know, why not? You know what I mean? So I said, but I'm really passionate about connecting different cultures in New Zealand. It's not just about Filipino culture, because I believe culture thrives in connection rather than isolation. You know, it's not... So I said, well, I would like to host a show, but not focusing on Filipinos, because what what the manager wanted was... Uh, specialist show focusing on Filipino affairs, but I said I wanted a show that you know connects different cultures, I wanted a show that is um, inclusive to all cultures, and that's how Culture Connection was born. He said, Okay, I'm happy for you to uh, you know to connect all different cultures in the heart. And since then, it's been a year and a half. And yeah. Wow. Mm. And um, Mm -hmm. it's been, it's going really well. We have over 100 episodes and we have a fantastic, uh, you know, uh, lineup of guests every week. Uh, We give voice to every ethnic community and also issues that matter, not just to a diverse community, but also to communities in Aotearoa. Right. So we tackle issues that are relevant, for example, new laws, um, um, for example, uh, migrant issues Mm -hmm. or anything Mm -hmm. really that is that is uh, important. Important. I don't really come there as as, you know, I think the DNA of culture connection is I'm there uh, to be educated, you know, Uh, I'm excited to be educated of different cultures. Mm. Uh, I I am there. I remain really open Mm. of uh, what's to come. And um, every week, uh, say, for example, last week we focused on Cyprus and the Cypriot people, and we research about the topic. Mm. So I can't just interview without researching the culture. So um, it is almost entirely impossible uh, to... Not be drawn to their culture as you navigate those questions and also learning their history and having that someone you know uh, talk about their culture. So, yeah, I think the key there is um, being open as well as being educated of of, of their of culture.
1: culture. Mm. Think about how many culture or different I don't know maybe community na ano ang meron sa hot area.
0: I have no idea but in New Zealand we have over 213 ethnicities yeah. and my I mean, goal is to give each ethnic communities each ethnic community uh, uh you know a voice and a voice, yeah. in the hat so far I have not counted how many ethnic communities we, we, have, we have given attended, yeah. but um we have over 100 episodes already but mm. um that's a good one I will definitely Ask my interns to count how many uh, episodes or ethnicities we have done, and I'll get back to you. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's a really good one. I haven't really thought about it, but that's good. Mm. For us, Culture Connection, what it means for us, the, the broadcast will still be the same. The program is there. We prepare every month, so we are one month ahead of preparation. So what it means, though, for us in terms of coverage is the festivals will be out there. Right, there will be no, hopefully, cancellations. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so there is upcoming uh, Polish festivals, uh, festival in October. So that means that there will be no restrictions how many people can gather outside. And there's also an Indian Bollywood dance festival wow. coming up at the end of this mm-hmm. month, which Culture Connection will be covering. And then last week we just had the Punjabi festival as well. It is night that we covered. So what it means for us is more electrifying, colorful cultural experience for, for us to cover, and hopefully next year, we are going to have uh, the multifest in the hut, one of the biggest multicultural festivals uh, in Wellington region. So last two years ago, uh, we were involved in that festival. However, this year, we canceled it due to COVID. Oh. So uh, we're hoping that, like what you said, the borders open and uh, international people coming in, uh, we will have more uh, events and activities that celebrate diversity and cultures. What it also means is we are going to be seeing a lot of uh, uh, international students and possibly there will be some issues that will come up as well. And yeah, so it it, it means that... um, alongside uh, I, I think it means with all other uh, industries or all other programs or with the government and with other organizations we will be celebrating uh, in all aspects of New Zealand uh, life really. Yes, I think it's really great to know our neighbors. Mm. It's great that uh, New Zealand is founded on molto, you know we, we are founded on bicultural uh, document which is the titeriti or the Treaty of Waitangi. But New Zealand has evolved a modern, a modern outer way. It's now mo- very multicultural uh, New Zealand. And, you know, next door you can have Hungarian and, uh, you know, um, Eastern Europe or a Southeast Asian neighbor. And there is so much beauty out there. So please, you know, my advice or my suggestion is there's so much beauty out there. There's so much love and generosity and hospitality with different communities, so mm-hmm. explore, and they're really welcoming and yeah, warmed. Yeah. Probably interesting one was when I interviewed the professor, uh, Professor Alberto Costi, about the war in Ukraine and whether international law is effective and whether Putin can be stopped. Is there a law that stops Putin from inv- invading Ukraine? And um, there is, but it's not effective, you
1: know? Yeah.
0: What does what does it tell? What does it tell us? Really is, you know, what does it tell us? What does it show? What it, it makes me reflect that, you know, um, the best way to resolve problem is not through courts or not through law, but it's through dialogue, right? Yeah. And it, isn't it like oh, you would say oh, you're a lawyer, you should be like siding with the law, but yeah. no, as a family lawyer. The best solution is through dialogue and resolution and agreement between the parties, right? It's not really, I will fight you to court, right? For us, it's good because we have money. But for me, as a, as a lawyer, I would really love to see clients. And it's proven and effective that they will agree that they will settle their, their disputes outside the court. And that's basically what we need for Ukraine and Russia, that... Putin and the president of Ukraine will sit down on the table as equal partners and say, hey, let's settle this dispute. Because even if there is a law that prohibits him from invading Ukraine and truly it is a violation of international law, nothing stops them. Yes, it's really poignant and basically um, appalling but a very painful reality.
1: Necessary mm. uh, deaths and stuff. Mm. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah, and what advice would you give to a fellow Filipino who are looking at moving to Aotearoa or New Zealand?
0: Yeah, research what New Zealand is and um, actually here uh, learn about the culture here. Uh, one of the things I'm really proud about New Zealand is the culture of egalitarianism. What it means is, you know, we strive for for equality here. And also at the same time, you know, we value freedom in Aotearoa, New Zealand, but also at the same time, there's also another face of it that we should also accept. And that's the social, the socialism, you know, so migrants come to Aotearoa. It's good here. We have beautiful services. There's benefits and all of that kind of thing. But at the same time, we hate the taxes. But we need to also, you know, it's a social contract, Right. We love the benefits, we love the egalitarianism, but at the same time, we must also accept that in that social construct, there's also that socialism. Right. And we should re- and, and I think it's important for us to, to be realistic about that. Mm. And if you go to America, it's a capitalist capitalist country. Yes, you know, there's not less there's less tax, but at the same time, medication, hospitalization, healthcare is expensive.
1: Yeah, you pay so, for that, yeah. right? Yeah. So that
0: that's one thing that I I I want the migrants to know, and also um, also like when you come to Aotearoa, um, th- this is not a European. It, the culture is not European. Uh, mm-hmm. There is an indigenous people in Aotearoa, and that's the Maori people, and it's important to honor the tangata whenua of this land and the and then New Zealand is built on the founding document of the Teteriti of Waitangi. And um, if we if, if we base our partnership uh, with the uh, you know with Teteriti of Waitangi, then I think we can have a cohesive society because the principles of the treaty is partnership, cooperation, and protection. Then if we base our relationships and how we deal with, with all races in Aotearoa based on these principles, then I think we can have a fairer and just society.
1: Any advice that you're looking at or you wanna to say to, to Filipinos already here?
0: But Pilipino kas embrace who you are as a Filipino. Be proud. Like it's okay to be ethnic. It's okay to be brown. Like in my workplace it's all white. lang yung Filipino. don't be don't apologize for being who you are. Um, you know I just wanna say that you may look different, you may but but be proud of being different there's always a space for you to thrive in this country um just nurture your gift you know like you i just want to say you have a space this place is so huge that you have a space to thrive in this in this envir- environment and you know i just want to say that you, you belong to this place and if not if you want to go to australia you also belong there yeah so um if you want like, if you want legal advice, happy to give you legal advice on family matters. Or if you know, if you are unsure, um, you know, if you have some legal issues, just find me on Facebook, Juciel Cajes, and also you can probably Google our uh, law firm, uh, MacWilliam Tyree. But probably Facebook is easiest, and you can just search my name there. If you're interested about Culture connection, it's an award-winning show. It's every Mondays from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. You can listen to it anywhere in Aotearoa, anywhere in the world, and you can have your song requests. Just comment on Facebook. We're very much on Facebook as well as on Instagram. I think we now have a Twitter account, but I don't handle the Twitter account. So uh, culture connection, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, we will be there. And Lloyd, I just wanna thank you for having this opportunity. Thank and you for the, taking your yeah. time to uh, meet me and. Have this coro, and I really appreciate you. And continue what you're doing. It's really great to see Filipinos like you thriving and also doing the best that you can. And I really appreciate uh, the work that you do with it, with autism, New Zealand. And I think it's really great to um, destigmatize, you know, uh, um, autism. And yeah. it is it is a gift. It's a special uh, thing to 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 have uh, to to be had and. Yeah, well done.
1: Thank you, Asma. Thank you for your time.